You're listening to Better Together with Lori and Stephanie on the Stream Grace Network. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to Better Together with Lori and Stephanie. What's up, Lori? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Did you have a good week? Yes, I am so busy with real estate. It is crazy. Really? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. The housing is, market's crazy. It is. And it's picking up and I sold like, you know, two houses this week and then some others went under contract and everybody wants to sell. So it's a seller's market. So you need to get it on the market. I know. But then you have to buy. I know. And there's nothing. It's hard to find something. I know. Right. right. I know. But my workout today sucked. I had to do wall balls, which I don't like. See? When you don't get do CrossFit, you don't know what that is. I know. I'm going to show just put you a w- ball on a wall and sit. No, oh. <laughs> you hold a 12 pound ball in your hand and you squat down and then you throw it up to a target and squat oh. down and throw it up to a target. Then you catch it. Yeah. Oh, good job. Yeah. I'm going to have you do some one day. Okay. I should come with you one Friday oh, morning. Yes. yes. That okay. would be a great conversation to have. Okay. Yeah. Is Let's, how you survived CrossFit. Well, I don't know that we'll all survive. You will. That's the problem. You will. So. <laughs> This week, you know what I did? I went and got a real ID. Do you know? Oh my gosh, you did? I did. And I have been trying to get one for three months. And every day I would get on Edmund Tag Agency and I would hit the, at nine o'clock in the morning, you have to hit the sign in. Mm -hmm. It was like eBay. And I never got one. And I got one. And guess what? What? Same day I got one, they extended it till 2023. What does that mean? You were supposed to have it in October. Oh, and now they oh, extended no. the date. Oh, I see what I you're saying. I paid $40 to get my birth certificate, like FedEx Oh, because you to were me. like worried you, you had to get it. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even signed up for that. I don't even know. Well, you don't have to now, so. You don't have to make an appointment now? Well, you do, but you have until 2023 to oh, do it. Oh, so I have more time. Okay. Right, right. You don't need to do it anytime soon. Gotcha. Hopefully they'll get the process down better, so. Oh my gosh. So today we have a great guest. Um, it is my friend and Stephanie's friend, um, Winter Kozak, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about her life and, you know, how she's better together with people in her life. So yeah. welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Welcome. So tell us kind of a little bit about yourself. I know you and Stephanie knows you and I know your sweet kids who are precious. They're pretty precious. amazing. They are so cute. Lots of energy, but Their pretty little amazing. smiles when you walk into church <laughs> are so dang cute. Like I walked into the door to church the other day and they were holding signs and they were so cute. And I said, I'm Lacey's mom. Is she a nice babysitter? And they said, yes. And I said, if she's not, I will spank her. And they told they me about that. Started just giggling. And I was like, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to spank her, but she better be nice. They thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah. They came home and told us about that. Yeah, <laughs> They're so cute. So cute. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, I'm a mom of three. Eli just turned eight. Um, Ella June is six and then Levin is four. I do photography, family photography, mostly, um, capture births, which is pretty amazing. And finally back able to go into the hospitals and do that again. That was kind of shut down for the past year due to COVID. Um, and then my husband runs a sheet metal fabrication shop and um, I also just recently, about a year ago, started a ministry called Chosen Daughters, and it's really just to empower women to step into the giftings that God has put on them and to not get into comparison and just live in the best life. Okay, so I'm going to ask wow. you a little bit about that. So this, do you meet weekly on this? We meet monthly. You meet monthly. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of designed after I've had the privilege of of being a part of a ministry called Vessel of Honor. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a mentorship 
discipleship program. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know if it would be a program, but it's kind of designed like a mentorship. So I've been being mentored for the past 10 plus years by Uh my mentor, Barb. And um, man, I just, Barb saw the calling on my life to follow in her footsteps kind of early on and kind of just spoke that into my life and really took me under her wings. And um, I just can't help but share the freedom, you know, that I've gained through that mentorship. And I just want to share that with others. Right. I see pictures and you guys look like such a close group. I'm like, is this limited? Like, is the number (laughs) of people limited? Can you join this at any time? How does this work? So it's not really limited. Um, (laughs) I put a limit on it. Okay. God has not put a limit on it. Um, So my kind of insecurities, you know, I was like, the Lord's really been putting it on my heart for a few years now to start this women's ministry. And one night during quarantine, I'm laying in bed and I just hear the Lord say, tomorrow's the day. And I'm like, we're in quarantine. Like we literally can't even get together. And he's like, no, now is when women need it the most because they can't physically get together. Right. So I'm like, how's that even going to work? So literally for um, the first, I would say probably four months, we met on Zoom and I just put it out on Facebook that I was going to start this group and I needed six women. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, I should do it. And then you were like, and then I was like, should I do it? I don't know her very well. And I didn't. And now I'm mad at myself for not doing it. Oh, well, maybe you can join in the future. (laughs) But... um, so I put a limit on God. I said, okay, I'll ask for six. Maybe I'll get six, maybe. And I'm like, I probably won't get six. And I had so many interested. Yeah. So it's consistently, um, stayed at 12 and I did shut, shut it off at that. Um, more because I think that more of my insecurities are putting a cap on God, but, um, also I, I really felt like that was a good rounded number to start with um, and allow God to use to grow me and grow them. Um, But every year it'll open up for more. Um, And we do it that way because it's not like a Bible study where you can just kind of, or a fellowship group where you can just kind of come and go and it's okay if you miss. Um, It's really geared towards being able to be vulnerable with each other, Mm -hmm. um, breaking off chains, you know, that we've... uh, we've drug with us through life. Um, and so to be able to create that environment, you have to build trust with one another. And so it's really, um, more of a commitment, I guess, than just a normal come and go as you please Bible study. Is it a lot of moms or is there a specific age group? No, it's really, um, pretty wide right now. We have a couple of widows. We have, Mm. um, some new moms. One of our girls just had a baby and so the, um, the range is pretty wide. We have, a, a, one of our girls is not even married. Um, so yeah, it's just so it's a, all a wide range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, we're all different. God creates our path to be different and that's good. Mm-hmm. Cause I think as women, we get so caught up in comparison or, oh man, I wish I had that gifting. Mm-hmm. Um, or she gets to be on stage. How come I don't get to be on stage? Right. And that can cause us to act out of character right. when we get into comparison and, and to not be living our best life that God created for us. Yeah. You're a good singer too. Did you say that? Oh, thank she you. She is an, an amazing. I, I love watching you worship. Oh, yes. thank you. You it's, are very good at singing. I don't have a lot of technical training, 
But um, what God has taught me over the years is to to be able to be vulnerable on stage and um, allow God to break the walls in me. Because mm-hmm. if that's happening in me, then I think that kind of creates the atmosphere of freedom. I agree. For others to be able to break through to that. So it's not really performance for me. It's more of allowing God to work in me in front of others. Right. That's what it is. I love watching you worship and Mm -hmm. I love listening to you sing. Oh, Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. I do. (laughs) I do. Okay. So tell us about your kids, like your journey. Okay. So, um, well, can I start kind of with my childhood? Absolutely. I would love it. Yeah. So I feel like I could talk for hours, so I kind of just will pick and choose. Hey, we can do part two. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I grew up in a very loving home. Um, Both of my parents came from long lines of generational addiction and poverty, and, um, and they fought really hard to break that. And they did a great job. Um, They, my dad dropped out of school in eighth grade. His dad asked him to do that to, to help work for the family. And um, he did that. He dropped out in eighth grade. My mom got pregnant in high school and dropped out. So they're both, um, you know, I guess my dad would be a middle school dropout and my mom was a high school dropout. But they decided they weren't going to let that define where they were going with their life. And so they... My dad went, they, they both went back and got their GEDs. Um, and then my dad furthered his career and took some college courses and became an Oklahoma City fire, fire man. And um, my mom worked for Blue Cross Blue Shields for many years until they closed their campus here, whatever that would be called, their facility. And um, she's been doing um, hair for a really long time now and has been very successful in that. So they went on to be very successful in their careers and um, fought against the, the um, I guess the the curse the generational curses of poverty and addiction and um, unfortunately my dad he ended up hurting his back and got on some pain medication to help with that and his first job as a rookie was his first big job as a rookie was the the um, Oklahoma City bombing. Mm. and I have friends you know that lost their parents in the bombing and um, I would say that I lost my dad in the bombing as well yeah Um, he was physically here right I'm gonna try not to get emotional I didn't I didn't know this was gonna come out of me Um, he was physically here but he wasn't the same yeah after that and so his his pills turned into an addiction. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think he tried to numb the images. Yeah. I think the images were definitely, I mean, dude saw a lot at that time too. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, pulling bodies out and, you know, just that you could never get those images out. So yeah, definitely. I think it probably that happened to a lot. A lot. Yeah. And I don't think I understood the magnitude right at the right. time as a child, but And I don't think I probably fully do now. Right. But I have a better picture, Uh a better understanding of where he was probably at. Um, So he went to rehab a few times. The fire department really tried to help him. And um, I think it helped some, but my dad didn't have a relationship with Christ Mm. the way, I mean, he believed in God and he, if, 
if you were to ask him, are you a Christian? He would say yes. But I don't think he understood the relationship side Mm -hmm. of father, son, his relationship with his dad. I never really got to, my grandpa died when I was six months old. So Mm. I never really got to know him, but he was an alcoholic and, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily the best example of father, son, what that looked like. And so I don't think he ever really grasped and understood the love of the father. And I don't know how you can break through moments like the bombing without that understanding and that relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So that was just really something he could never fully overcome. And so moving forward, um, June of 2019, my dad overdosed and ended up passing away. Mm. His addiction over time just got um, worse and worse in the end. I mean, we don't know everything that he was using, but definitely meth. Um, I mean, hard stuff. I found when we went through his house, I found needles and bottles and I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I can still vividly picture him laying on the floor when we walked in. Um, so that was, uh, June, 2019. And, and I feel comfortable sharing that because my dad, he always wanted to save other people. Mm, yeah. I think so many times that we, people who want to save other people like firemen, mm-hmm. they get so focused on saving other people that they can't save themselves. Yeah. And right. I think that's kind of where he was. Right. Mm-hmm. So if he could speak into my life today, I think he would want me to use it. Right. To save other people. Right. 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 Um, so I think it's so important that when we are struggling, mm-hmm. we're able to be vulnerable and transparent with yes. someone. Yes. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. Right. And someday it can be for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, God will have you share your story. Right. But when you're in the middle of the battle, it's not for everybody sometimes. Um, So moving forward, that was June. Then four months later. Okay, let me back up a little bit too. Before that, my husband, Eddie, he had been having some um, internal struggles and battles that I was not even aware of. I just knew he was kind of changing and kind of short-tempered. Um, so finally everything kind of surfaced that he was, we had lost our business partner to cancer previously to that. And I think that kind of was the, the starting point of everything. Um, but everything finally kind of surfaced right before my dad died that he was struggling. He lost his faith. He no longer believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He wasn't even sure if he believed in hell. Um, and for someone who's like, my faith is like everything to me. Mm that was devastating. Yeah. Um, so I knew though, because I knew that no matter what hardships came, as long as we had our faith, we had hope. Right. So you rip that out and it's like, gosh, where do we go from here? Mm. So that happened. My dad passed away four months later. My daughter's diagnosed with leukemia. Oh my goodness. And, um, I mean, it just felt like, gosh, can I, I felt like the modern day Job. Yeah. Like, can I just get a break? Right. <laughs> um, but through that, through my daughter being diagnosed with leukemia, so much good has come. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, I could get caught up on, well, my dad was an addict growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause when I said I, I grew up in a, in a loving home, they were, they were always loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad didn't struggle with addiction until I was about in eighth or ninth grade. And then it was pretty bad. So I could hold on to that. I could hold on to now my husband's struggling. I could hold on to, well, now my daughter has leukemia. And what do we as people normally do with all of that? I, th- I think a lot of times we kind of isolate. Mm. We um, back ourselves into a corner. We kind of get in this pity party mode sometimes. Um, we get in bitterness, anger. And I just wasn't going to allow that in my life. Now, there were definitely times, obviously, where I had yeah. moments. Sure. But yeah, I just wasn't going to allow that. And so my favorite scripture has always been for years, um, Ephesians 6. And it talks about putting on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes as Christians, we can think about that and go, yeah, yeah, full armor. But there's so much depth to that mm-hmm. book. Um, my favorite line in it is we fight not against flesh and blood, but we fight against rulers and principalities of dark and evil places. Mm-hmm. For me, that line has replayed so many times in my mind to go, okay, my dad, I could get really mad at him or I can choose to go. He was fighting against rulers and principalities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't him. It was the spirit behind it. Right. I could get really mad at Eddie. Um, or I can choose as his wife to see that this is a struggle, a spirit. Like there is a spiritual world after yes. him. Yes. And as his helpmate, I can choose to either get bitter, anger, and run away, which would lead to what? Divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can choose to see it for what it is it's a spiritual battle mm-hmm. and as his helpmate go mm, I see what this is and I'm gonna fight for you and fighting for you means speaking truth to your life but loving you through it yeah. loving good. you the way that Christ loves you that's right. so good it's so good and that's so hard when you're in that situation yeah. you know it's like oh, I want to be so angry and so mad, but you're so right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. when you're loving through that, man, that's amazing. Just back to when I feel like you're praying for your spouse and you're praying, you know, it's kind of hard to be ugly and angry and all of that when you're praying for Mm -hmm. your spouse. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and there were times when anger would start to rise up. Right. And I would just have to step away and go, okay, I need to remember, Lord, I need you to teach me to see him through your eyes. Right. right. What do you see here? What is the real battle here? And so I would remind him of truth, but also just really love him through it and listen to him. Like, okay, you don't believe in that. So what is, what's making you question that? And I remember one night I was furious. I don't even remember exactly why, but I was in the shower and, and the Lord, I was just complaining, you know, to the, to God about it. God, you told me this is my husband. If I was going to marry him, we were going to do ministry together and blah, 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 you know. And I just heard God say very clearly, would you just shut up? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I, uh, I just stopped and was like, okay, what do you want me to hear here? And he said, his, his ministry is going to come from this moment. Yeah. Mm. Eddie is very intellectual. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very wise and he's not going to speak into situations um, unless there's wisdom behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that he's going to be able to, and he, I've already seen him doing it um, to speak into lives of people who are struggling in their faith mm-hmm. in ways that I can't really comprehend because I've, my faith's never gone there. Yeah. I, I've always stayed on the path. Um, and so of obedience, which that's a whole nother thing. I'm very obedient, but I struggle with control. And so, um, which sounds weird, but it's true. Um, but anyways, so going back to now Levin's diagnosed with cancer and I remember getting the phone call that we needed to head to children's and, um, they thought that our child might have cancer. Now, back, I'm going to back you up just a touch. So had she been sick? Yeah. So she had been running fevers okay. off and on mm-hmm. and didn't think much of it. I mean, kids that she was in Mother's Day out, kids at that age, I mean, they ran, but it was weird. It was like she'd run a fever for like a few hours and then it would be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, And then one day she had like a little rash and then it was gone within hours. And I'm like, okay, that's just weird. Well, um, one day she just was like, she was such an easy baby. I mean, so easy. Mm-hmm. Third child, you can't be hard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, um, so easy, never cried, really never complained, never whined. And so this one day she was just acting so out of her norm and just, just so hard and crying all, all day. And I was like, something is wrong with her. Well, later that day, she wouldn't let us touch her arm. Mm. And we were like, okay, did she break her arm somehow? And we didn't realize it. And that's why she's been so fussy. So um, one of my good friends, uh, Dr. Stephanie Barnhart was working at the Norman ER and she said, bring her in, I'll do some x-rays. So x-rayed her arm, her arm looked great. So she's like, well, she probably just kind of pulled it or sprained it or, you know, kids do weird stuff and go home the next day she starts running a fever and at this point she won't even let us touch her arm won't let her won't let us pick her up because it hurts to be picked up nothing and so I call Stephanie and I say hey now she's running fevers her arm seems worse you know are there any kind of weird infections or anything out there and um she's like yeah I mean infections can do weird stuff sometimes why don't you go ahead and take her to the pediatrician so our pediatrician wasn't available that day. So we saw another pediatrician in the office, which is an, was an older lady and um, Dr. Beard. And she was like, we're going to go ahead and t- do some lab work. And I'm like, lab work? Like what? Yeah. Um, just to make sure there's nothing, you know, infection in her blood or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and we're going to do some more x-rays. So I'm like, oh my gosh, they have to take her blood like what's that gonna look like she literally didn't cry at all wow (laughs) I mean this girl's amazing um I kind of distracted her I don't even think she realized it happened um so 
Dr. Beard calls that night, says her x-rays looked good. There's no, you know, no breaks or anything. And um, she said, but I do need you to take her straight to children's. Um, We have concerns that she might have cancer. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I'm like, what? And it was just me and Levin in her room at the time. And I hang up the phone and I literally hit my knees Mm. and I start crying. And um, I don't know. It was like she knew because she ran to me and we just sat in her floor for a minute crying together. She started Mm. crying. Mm. And um, I don't know if I've ever told anyone that actually. So then I call Eddie. He was on his way out to a job and I tell him, hey, I need you to come straight home. I need you to turn around and come straight home. They're saying that, you know, we need to head to children's. She might have cancer and call my mom to come. I mean, we had people buying furniture at our house that night. It was chaos. Yeah. So we go to children's and we were there in the ER for nine hours. Mm. (laughs) They were saying, no, we don't think she has cancer. Well, we don't know why she is neutropenic, which means like your, um, your immunity, basically your immunity is really low. And, um, finally Eddie was like, listen, we're either going to go home and we can come back tomorrow or you guys need to admit us. Like something needs to happen. It's four o'clock in the morning at this point. Mm. So they went ahead and admitted us. We go upstairs the next day. I mean, they're not letting her eat or drink anything, (laughs) which was a nightmare. Um, so they come in after a bunch of talks and everything, they come in finally in this, the orthopedic surgeon surgeon says, we think she just has infection in her bone which is a seven day antibiotic and then she'll have to stay here for seven days, do the antibiotics, go home. Uh-huh. We're like, great. That's what we hope it is. Yeah. So he comes in, he marks her arm to take her back to surgery. They're going to cut her arm open. I don't know what all they were going to do. Literally two minutes later, uh, Dr. Sexauer walks in. He says, we're going to take her for bone marrow. Um, I almost said transplant, but not transplant, but I, um, bone marrow test. Yes. And he said, because I've been, I mean, he's like 80 some years old. Um, he's like, I've been doing this a long time and I'm pretty positive it's leukemia. I said, so is she not going to the surgery? (laughs) No, we want it to be the bone infection. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What? So he's like, no, we caught each other in the hallway. We're, we're not doing that. So, um, yeah, within, I mean, by that evening, we had her final diagnosis and um, we've been on that journey ever since. Mm. It's been a really hard journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a really long journey. So what mm. age was she when this happened? She was two. She was two? She was two. Yeah. So oh October 30th, 2019, she was diagnosed and we're still in the middle of her treatment. Um, she has responded very well to treatment and um but you know we it's one of those things where i said you know my massive sin is control the need of control that's what god has has Mm. taught me through it all is that yeah you're very obedient but you still like to be in control Mm -hmm. (laughs) which this is hard for you yeah so all of these things are now happening in my life where i have zero control Mm -hmm. right my husband's lost his faith my dad dies my daughter is diagnosed with leukemia 
all of this stuff. I can't control any of it. Right. You know, I'm a fixer. I want to fix things right now. Right. And um, surrendering is hard. I mean, I think it's hard for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It, It is very hard. But I finally got to a place of, I just have to surrender. Mm-hmm. I have no choice. Um, what else is there? Mm-hmm. The only other thing that there is is for me to become bitter, angry, um, and and allow my need for control to get even more out of control. And so I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't going to allow my life to go that path. I, and so I promised God very early on, okay, God, you are allowing this because I don't believe God puts things on our life, but he allows things. Mm. And um, because he allowed things in Job's life. Mm. He didn't tell the enemy to do it to Job, but he allowed the enemy. And so um, I think he uh, has allowed these things because he's preparing us for something bigger. Mm. And um, so I promised him very early on, okay, you're allowing this to happen. And so I want you to get the glory. Mm. I'm going to allow you to get the glory. Yeah. And I'm going to allow you to take us from glory to glory, whatever that looks like. Um, I chose Eddie as my husband out of obedience because I knew that God, I mean, I loved him obviously, but I knew that God said, this is your husband. You guys are going to do stuff together Mm. for the kingdom. And so that really attracted me to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when that was pulled, I was like, well, that's no longer there. But I think sometimes we can say, yeah, God, we can say yes to God. But would we say yes to God if we knew what the, in the middle of the journey looked like? Right. Right. And so I had to, God had to constantly remind me I'm doing something here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, renewing my mind daily has been so, so important. Right. Remaining in joy and holding on to the things that God has, has allowed to happen. I think remaining in joy when you said that it's like I mean how did I mean I can't comprehend how I could remain in joy with that situation I think what I think how we remain fruitful is living fruitful Mm. so I think sometimes we can go oh well I'm in a valley so I don't have to love others Mm. I, I just get to let others love me I'm in a valley so I don't have to serve But really it's the time where you really have to serve more when you have to love others more Mm. because you're fighting to stay fruitful. God carries our battle, but we have to take, we have to do the steps. And so, um, I had never experienced the tangible love of Christ the way that we have when Levin was diagnosed, you know, people stepping up to help pay for medical bills, bring meals, you know, shower her and Eli and Ella June with gifts. Mm. Um, and we still have people to this day that, you know, say, Hey, still praying for you. And, um, because it's, it's old news to a lot of people, but it's still very fresh for us. We're still in the middle of it. Um, so those things really help me to renew my mind, that tangible love. Um, but also going, okay, now how, how do I do that for others? So I have found myself, you know, serving others more than I ever did before. That's good. Yeah. Um, or seeing a need and wanting to help it, you know, hop in and, and let God show me what they, what the need would be. How can I meet needs? Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is going, okay, I know what God's promised me. God's promised me 
this about my husband. God's promised to me this about my child. Um, and so when my, our minds want to go to a dark place, mm-hmm. immediately going, nope, that's not truth. Right. That might be my situation right now, but that's not the truth of the outcome. And so allowing my mind to go to the promise and um, through it all, holding on to that, the little pieces of hope, because I think when we're in a valley, we can miss the pieces of hope. We can go, well, I deserve that. I deserve for people to be bringing me meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I deserve for, uh, you know, people to be showing me love. But the truth is, is we don't deserve any of it. Right. And so going, wow, God, thank you. Thank right. you for that hope. Thank you for that love. And, you know, my husband's faith has been uh, restored through it. Um, he gave his life back to Christ Easter of last year during quarantine. Mm. And um, I am so thankful for that. I, I know that God gave, uh, allowed this for one reason, I think for many reasons, but one was to take Eddie on a journey, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to restore his faith. And, you know, we're in the, we're still in the middle of healing. We're still in the middle of healing and um, figuring out what does the future look like right? with that. And with um, Levin, we have friends who, we have lots of friends who have lost their children to cancer or other things. And, um, but still remain being, seeing that, but still remaining in hope that Levin's story is full restoration in her body. Yes. Um, and just allowing God to use that story and however he will. And he's already doing that. You know, um, she had a video that went viral and, um, she has a Facebook page. It has like 30,000 followers. Yeah. We will link that in the show notes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I think God has allowed people to come there. So she, we can share the journey that there's hope even in the middle of battle mm-hmm. um, that we can still cling to our faith and, and God can renew faith in the middle of it. I mean, that's why, you know, it says joy comes in the morning because I think we tend to, we're going to do one of two things. And I said this before, we're either going to cling to hope, cling to Christ, or we're going to isolate. And so I've just chosen to, I've chosen this to me, the safe route. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like when I see you, you're always hopeful and upbeat. Like, I don't feel like I've ever seen you. And I know you probably have bad days, but I've never seen you as, you know, having a pity party or, you know, just a, blah I just see you always thankful and grateful and oh well thank you it, may, it is very inspiring that's Aww. strong you're it's strong very strong it yeah. means a lot to you are strong it's woman. not me it's like I said it's just totally renewing my mind yeah you know mm-hmm. because my mind wants to go there the enemy I mean there's been nights where I lay awake just with anxiety Lord is she gonna survive yeah Lord it is what does my future look like mm-hmm. you know um you know where your but, strength comes from. So you exactly. just keep, you keep on, you keep on. And it just takes, I, I mean, I know you have a downtime, but you just know where your strength comes from. And then you get reminded of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that we can live any other way. Right. Right. So now she is halfway through. Is she cancer free? 
She's considered in remission. Okay. Um, remission is different than cured. Right. Mm. Um, so, cause that was kind of confusing for me, you know, cause she was considered in remission. Gosh, I think it was like five weeks after diagnosis. Um, but she still takes daily chemo medication. Mm-hmm. So she takes, um, a daily pill. Then she takes a, a weekly pill that's five and a half pills. And then, um, every 12 weeks she still goes and gets chemo injected in her spine mm. and in her port, which she calls her brave heart. Mm. And, um, so she still does that every 12 weeks and which is kind of, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but to us, it's like, well, she's not having to do it every week right. like she was before, or sometimes, you know, more than once a week. And she's not having to do the injections any longer. So it was very heavy in the beginning. Um, I'll be honest, I did cry when I found out what maintenance, the quote maintenance phase looked like because I was like, pills every day doesn't sound like maintenance to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's doing good and um, her end date is hopeful to be January 3rd. Okay. Yeah. Next year. So we're more than halfway done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good, Mm. good. I did see your Facebook post when like Eddie couldn't go in and you would have to go. And I'm thinking... Oh, I don't know if I could do that by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that's been really hard. And I think it's been a lot harder for him than right. he even says. Yeah. Um, mm. I think he's made, and I think dads do, they make a lot of sacrifices for their family um, that we as wives, I think sometimes can take for granted or not even think about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, he, Levin is very much a mama's girl. She always has been, but. Um, this journey has made us extremely even more close and um, he made the sacrifice to stay home um, because you know with COVID they he never missed one appointment until COVID and then they um, you know said only one parent can go and so for the last year he has not made it to any appointments and then now both parents can go so he got to go to his Mm -hmm. first one last week yeah oh wow yeah, so that was exciting. Um, and did you know, off topic a little bit, but um, if you're 18 and you were at Children's Hospital getting chemo, you couldn't have any parent. That's what through COVID I think is devastating. Oh, my goodness. my nephew was in the hospital in Dallas a few weeks ago. He had a collapsed lung, and he's 19. And I'm thinking, I can't imagine not being there. They just lifted the restrictions, so my sister-in-law and brother-in-law got to be there. But I'm thinking if Lane was in the hospital, like he's 19, he's still young. Like yeah. I think of him as a minor. I can't imagine not, I mean, right. you might see me on the news. I mean, I'm 37 <laughs> and I wouldn't yeah, want right. to go by myself. Right. So yeah, I, and I did not know that. Yeah. So a lot of what I talked about today was cancer's a, a mental journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, you have to have support. Right. have to. So I'm glad they're lifting, you know, the restrictions and, and all of that, because man, that's hard. Right. Going alone is hard. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you so much to winter for being on our podcast today. I think you're amazing. I think you're inspiring and we are continuing to pray for your family. Thank yes. You. This was an amazing story. It oh, really was. Thank you so much. So Glad we will we will link back um, Levin's Facebook page in our podcast notes and um, like and subscribe and we will see you next time. Thank yep. you so much. Yep. Share with your friends. <laughs>